It is the L-E-F-K-O-E, man, and you are listening to the sweetest sounds, the sultry tones, the boisterous boys, the Joint Practices Podcast. Get it, fellas. Yo! Welcome back to the Joint Practices Podcast. This is episode 52 the one where Steven farts. That's right. I'm your host, Sean Lamont, on Twitter, at 11thegoat. And I am joined by both my co-hosts tonight, Mr. Supersticky Steve Knox, on the Twitter bird, at the Knox says, and my baby brother from the same mother, Mr. Steven James, at Steven JPP. What it do, fellas? We out here. Hey, Steven, you ready to move on from a shitty week? Yeah, let's uh, let's get back to winning. I would hope yeah. so. Yeah, I remember my first loss. <laughs> that was so funny. Uh, last time I laughed at that, I fell off my dinosaur. <laughs> I remember my first beer. <laughs> oh man, let's start this off hot and ready, like a little Caesar's pizza. Oh, pizza, pizza, gross. I am whatever. Anyways. I'll kick it off with some Eagles news because the Eagles signed Macklemore's producer, Ryan Lewis, <laughs> to the practice squad. It's a different guy. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Eagles signed defensive back Ryan oh, Lewis you, you to the practice you squad. You put DB. I thought that meant douchebag. My bad. Oh, yes. And they cut douchebag Janie Harris <laughs> on the practice squad, which I think means defensive back. I think that anyway. makes sense. They made some swaps on the old practice squad. What they did was cut a guy without game experience for a guy with it. Because they also signed cornerback DJ White to the practice squad. So they are definitely uh, getting some bodies in there for at least practice. Uh, Maddox is going to be out a few weeks with a neck strain after that nasty hit. We didn't really talk about too much, but that was pretty gross. He has a neck strain and a concussion, so he's going to miss a few weeks. Yeah, you can thank... uh... Andrew the Missile Sandejo on that one. Oh my yeah. God! What Judas a Priest, hut, man. He can't cover. He hits his own guys. Oh yeah, man! Friendly what a fire. Absolute him. worst. And you know because of Maddox is out, Sidney Jones. You know as of now we assume he's out with a hamstring. Ronald Darby's out. The DB room is in trouble. We literally <laughs> we have Craig James, Rasul Douglas, and recently signed because he wasn't signed by anybody else because he stinks, Orlando Skandrick. That's it. Like, we, I talked about it before. If one of those guys gets hurt, there's nobody to back them up. So send two first-round picks to the Jags, and let's get Ramsey. That's not going to work. Yeah, and I just don't. I think the Jaguars have pretty much said, like, if it's not a team with a losing record, i.e. their first-round picks are going to be valuable, then they're not interested in moving Jalen. Uh, yeah, but it also, if you think about that from the other team's perspective, why is a team that's terrible and going to have high draft picks? That, that If your team's that bad, you're obviously in some sort of a rebuild. Why are you going to give up two key pieces for one cornerback? Well, they're hoping somebody's going to be dumb. But they, you I know, know what they, they're hoping for, but it ain't gonna, yeah, they're not going to get a better offer than two firsts. I know, I know, but like they're... First round picks, first round yeah, pick. Yeah, exactly. But you know, they're hoping for that uh well we you know, we went top ten pick on this guy. Like we'd like to see some sort of uh reciprocation there. So um even even them trading to like one of the we talked about there's what, six teams that haven't won a game yet. Um Yeah. So if they were to, you know, deal him to one of those six teams for this coming year's first round pick and, you know, some other compensation, whether it be other picks or players, that seems to make the most sense to me right now. Because I don't, I don't think you find the value there as far as uh, trading him to a playoff contender. And you're picking, you know, 30th, 29th, 30th. You know, what doesn't really make that big of a difference. Personally, I'd rather have Jalen's. <laughs> Uh, playing for my team than to trade him for you know a late round, late first round pick. Yeah, there's no, there's no way you can say like the people that are against trading two first, the 
saying that, you know, you got to get one of the, a guy like Ramsey on his rookie deal. Well, you know how rare it is to find a guy like Ramsey. The guy's 24 years old. He's the best cornerback in the game. He, he's our generation, like this generation's version of Deion Sanders. He's like that kind of player. So, give up two first-round picks. It's fucking, they're draft picks. Tell me all the first-round picks we've had in the last few years and tell me how many have actually hit. Like, we're still waiting to see if Derek Barnett's a Two? We're better in the third round if we're talking about the Vikings. Eh. So, you know, even if Ramsey, you know, whatever, I mean, he's getting traded. He's will not play for Jacksonville. He does not. Like, he's going to sit out with this back thing as long as it takes. Oh, my back hurts. I work in dairy. Oh, I just pooping in your caca. <laughs> you pooped on the last episode, I did. motherfucker. Yeah. So, even if they uh, can't get Ramsey, they got to make a move or something. And I heard today some names being thrown out. And Chris Harris wants out of Denver. And I think he's a great off-the-ball defensive back, and that's what Jim Schwartz wants to do over here. So that kind of seems like a logical thing. We know how he's not afraid to throw a third-round pick for a guy on an expiring contract. I wouldn't even be mad if they brought Chris Harrison. Yeah, he's pretty good in Denver there for a little while. Denver's just really bad. You'd think they, they may be in sell mode, so completely rebuild and start next year with Drew Locke and just... You know, sell off some assets. Yeah, why not at this point? <laughs> you get your, uh, you know, your young stud quarterback, you know, and you've got your the heart of the defense, and then you just try to piece, you know, piece by piece around it. I don't know. But, you know, we're, uh, you're talking about your defensive backs in Philly. I felt kind of the same way, really, uh, about the Vikings. Just not that they're, like, unhealthy right now but they're just playing boneheaded and uh yeah you could definitely see Mike Hughes looked a little he just it I mean it's inexperience is what it is he gets injured early on last year you know being a rookie last year misses you know what was it 13 weeks of the season uh and now you come back you know two weeks into this season so you've basically missed an entire season worth of games. Uh, come back, and now you're just trying to, you know, pick up the pieces, relearn this offense, remember your responsibilities. It's not easy, um, and you know, for young guys, sometimes it takes some time. But sometimes you see that spark in him, uh, where you're like, "All right, I understand once again, like, you know, why they took this guy." So, um. I mean, for the Vikings, as far as uh, the injuries are concerned, um, haven't seen anything for an injury report so far. I expect a lot of the same what we saw last week. Still offensive line injuries uh, continuing to make things more and more difficult for them uh, to get things moving on offense. If you don't have that contingency with your offensive line, like it makes a huge difference. It's like, you know, offensive line quarterback kind of play off each other. And when you start mixing shit up with either the, the guy calling the plays or those guys that are blocking up front and you have to flip flop and switch guys to make things, you know, work week in and week out, you know, it's not, it's not going to work well for you. So, um, I hope that they can, you know, find a way to get that you know, first team offensive line back out there this week. Uh, going into uh, New Jersey to play the New York Giants. I don't understand it, but <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, do, you know, you, you can't, uh, you just, as bad as their offensive line has been the last couple of years, you can't continue to take, you know, the injuries up front and think that you're going to have success. Like, it's just not going to, it's not going to pan out well for him. Um I think as far as other news is concerned, I had a friend of mine text me today and say, so those Stefan Diggs rumors are total shit, right? I was like, what rumors? <laughs> and he's like, oh, he like unfollowed everything on 
uh, Vikings Twitter and followed everybody on Patriots Twitter. And I was like, uh, I haven't seen anything like from any beat writer, anybody that follows the Vikings whatsoever, like even hint at Stefan Diggs, like going to be traded to anybody. And at this point I understand, you know, how the, the Vikings wide receivers could be frustrated with, uh, how they, they're being used in this offense. It makes sense, but that's what the game plan is, you know, and, I I don't understand why they would want to trade him when it's one of the thinnest positions they have on the team right now. Yeah. I mean, he I I can see where he, like the way I read it and I listened to uh Locked On Vikings and he kind of talked about this as well as I think people took his frustration and just manifested it into oh, he wants out. When it's clearly he was just frustrated, him and Thielen, they were both frustrated. You know, they were getting open, but the quarterback couldn't get him the ball, whether it was the offensive line or just missing the read. Like, they're clearly frustrated. But at the same time, they know what they have together. And if it really came down to Cousins versus Thielen and Diggs, <laughs> they're going to put get a new quarterback before they, you know, break up that tandem. It's, oh, yeah. It's one of the greatest in the league right now. I mean, you know, this is, uh, I completely understand their frustrations. And that game last week was, I mean, it was so fucking boring to watch. I just hated every minute of it. And like, I, I'm not one to normally <laughs> be like, I think I'm ready to turn this game off when the Vikings are playing. Cause just cause I, I want to watch, you know, the entirety, but Jesus, it, it it's absolutely insane. Um, I don't, yeah, don't want to break these guys up. Look, this team last year had both of these guys go for a 1,000 yards receiving. It's stupid to think that you can make the team better by moving him. And sure, he you could be super productive somewhere else, but I don't see this happening as far as, like, especially the Patriots training for somebody. I think if you're looking for, you know, a women a prayer, you have a better shot at, like, A.J. Green than you do Stefan Diggs. I don't see him going anywhere, so I wouldn't worry about it if you uh, if you're listening and you like the Vikings. Hashtag nobody. And your name's Steve. Oh wait, I do listen to this. Hi, Steve, the listener. Hey, how's the pack is doing there, bud? Oh, buddy, better days, better days. Last uh, last episode, we talked about that hit that Jamal Williams took. He's Back at practice, but obviously he's not practicing. He's just back with the team. He's protocol. Did you did you know that um, during concussion? And it makes sense, but when you're in concussion protocol, you're not allowed to talk to the media. Totally yeah. makes sense, and I didn't even think if of it. If you're injured at all, you don't have to talk to the media. Because obviously, if you're concussed and you're all looped up, they don't want you up there going, "Hey, you know, like slurring your words." And- <laughs> yeah, screaming hot dog after you win a silver medal or something crazy. Boy, God, uh, Adams, Adams isn't going to play. So, naturally, Packers Twitter is freaking out, saying the season's over. Um, we have a garbage receiving core when Adams isn't around. And I think that's selling it a little short. I think MVS, I think Geronimo Allison show amazing promise and Somebody's gonna have to step up. Yeah, and they and they have on occasion when needed to. Like, how many times has MVS caught that deep ball or Geronimo caught that deep ball when you haven't seen them for most of the game? Like, they come up big in spots when we need it. Now, I read a couple tweets saying that uh, the Packers are gonna be trading for AJ Green, so I can go ahead and file that in the things that aren't gonna happen. Because every time <laughs> I read a cool tweet about how we're getting the person to save the world, we don't. We don't. And the last time I think a sports team I liked was super high on a trade, I think it's when the Red Sox got Eric Gagne and he blew like 162 straight saves and almost (laughs) ruined our season. So I think think we can be fine without without Devontae Adams. But, Sean, as you introduced me to NFL Twitter, I quickly learned that nobody, not everyone is as rational 
as we are at, at times. Like 0.01% of football Twitter is rational. The season's usually over at halftime week one, so it's fucking bizarre. Oh, yeah, it's like the overreaction. This Vikings, you know, Kirk Cousins just sucks and they're losing and blah, blah. He does. We're a quarter <laughs> of the way through the season. Yeah. Shit can happen. You never know, especially given it these injuries throughout happen. the, you know, the entire NFL. You know, things change at the drop of a hat in this league, so... Maybe it just takes one of these teams just making a small change on one side of the ball or the other, and it makes the difference. Well, let's go right into the preview for the Vikings this week because this is the perfect week for them to right the ship and to just get the offense absolutely clicking and just go off. You would hope so. And, like, (laughs) I'll be damned if they don't go out there and just put up like 42 points this week, and it's just like an all-out passing attack to just completely throw off, you know, the league and everything they've done. A completely, like, un-Mike Zimmer thing to do, but at this point, like, they got to go out there and they have to prove that they can throw the ball. You know, and with success. They got to put the confidence back in Thielen and Diggs and... You know, get the ball in their hands and get them happy again and get them on board. But I don't think it's about building confidence with those guys. Like, building the confidence with Kirk Cousins and being able to get him into situations where he can get the ball out of his hands quickly to the playmakers and make completions and rack up yards and be short down in distance. Like, those things make, you know, a bigger difference than, uh, you know, your receivers going out there and making big plays because... These guys already know they can make big plays. They know they can make spectacular catches and, you know, beat defenders down the field. Like, we've already seen it. Like, how many times has, you know, Adam Thielen caught a ball wedged between two defenders where yeah, there's no reason for him to catch it? Like, I think this more has to do with them being unhappy with the offense and the rhythm of the offense. I'm more saying, like, String together a couple long drives, you know, a slant to Diggs, you know, a quick out to Thielen, a big run by Cook, you know, a deep post where they just put it all together and everything is cohesive and it's, you know, what they expect and what they're used to when they're playing well. Yeah, they need, and I mean, if they're going to call those types of plays though, they have to put those guys in a position, like, you know, scheme a play where they have the ability to just take the top off the defense. Because this is, you know, you look at their two previous wins, uh, the Raiders, the Falcons, look like very subpar teams right now. Now, the Giants the last couple of weeks, they have won, but you play the Washington football team, you play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where hey, they look pretty good. Against uh against the L A Rams team, but if you know if I'm trusting my heart, I'm saying those are two, you know, bottom dwelling teams uh in the NFC. So I feel like you should have the upper hand here. Uh, the Vikings have gone like six and two since two thousand five two thousand six, but you're playing against Eli Manning then. Mike Zimmer, any dimes, yeah. Mike Zimmer owned Eli Manning. So here here's the question. Can you know, can Danny Dimes, can he get it done? Can he no. you know <laughs> against this Vikings defense, which should be stout, should give him trouble. Like can he find a way to get it done? Can they get pressure on him? Like it comes down to a lot of those things. You know, I just I would love to just see the, the Vikings just go out and completely dominate this game, get their feet back under them, and realize that, hey, you know, it's so early in the season. This isn't a lost situation. Because it felt like after that game against the Bears, like, everybody was just (laughs) talking. Like, they just got knocked out of the playoffs, like, two weeks before the playoffs started. Like, we're so early on in the season. Just, you know, get your shit together. and you know, play a full fucking team football game. 
because like they they'll say yeah oh this was a team win but no it wasn't a team win your two wins were against really bad teams and so now you go out against a team that's won two in a row why don't you go ahead and put together a full team win hey maybe your coaches actually come up with a game plan that makes sense against your opponent wouldn't that be nice look Pat Shermer worked with Mike Zimmer was the offensive coordinator with Mike Zimmer. He knows what Mike Zimmer likes to do on defense. The Giants are probably going to score a couple touchdowns against the Vikings defense just based solely on him being able to exploit uh, Mike Zimmer's tendencies. But beyond that, the Vikings are the more talented team, so they need to, to exploit that talent. Like, exactly that. Just... Show your dominance in this game. There's no reason to lose this game. But to be honest, given what happened last week, it's kind of a must-win game. You know, you're now one be- you know one win behind a lot of teams in the NFC. And if you lose this game, well, you're going to be behind, you know two wins behind a few more teams. So that's more ground to make up. And you're already last in the division, so that's not good either. So... Yeah, kind of a must-win game against a rookie quarterback and the New York Giants, who I didn't think would also be 2-2. Two two. Hey, Steve. Uh, facing off against Daniel Jones, is it a positive because he's a rookie or is it a negative because they don't have a ton of tape on him? I think I it's think a positive. I think they got enough tape on him to fucking rail him yeah, sideways. I think it's a positive only because... Well... It's a positive if Zimmer, you know, does what he does well. And that's just be exotic with his defense. If if he goes out there and he just tries to play a vanilla defense, then Daniel Jones could light him up. But if he does what he does well, which is just these obscure packages and you have guys moving around all over the place, nobody's down on their hands, like those things screw up a young quarterback. So it's all in Zimmer's hands yeah, at this point. you show point. him stuff he's never yeah, seen it, before. It, exactly that. Just totally blow his mind. Yeah. He won't know how to counteract it because he's never seen it. Absolutely. That's, you seeing it on the field is not the same as seeing it on tape. Yeah, so, I mean, he's got to know that he's he's facing a young guy. He's gonna They're going to do some stupid stuff on defense where you're just like, why would you even do that? But it'll make sense when he gets sacked six times this week. Um. You know, Daniil Hunter, Everson Griffin, top guys uh, this season, you know, getting pressure on the quarterback. So look for more of that success. But, you know, you're going to see Harrison Smith coming down off the edge five or six times this game. You're going to see Anthony Barr blitzing up the middle. They're going to do stuff where, you know, he's going to make reads. Hey, 55 the mic. And then suddenly he's going to drop into, into pass coverage. So they're just all they're what? yeah all they're gonna try to do is they're gonna try to confuse Daniel Jones, and yeah I I think his lack of experience is what they're gonna try to exploit uh, this it will week. Ultimately, it's gonna make the difference if they if they can have success and make him make mistakes uh, because obviously you know no Saquon Barkley. So it it, it just comes down tape to back. yeah just comes down to shutting down Daniel Good Jones. Luck. Don't let Daniel Jones do what he's done the last couple of weeks, and yeah, but the last couple of weeks he may have had you know the end of the game run there and put up a couple of touchdowns. I mean, he was slinging it against Washington, yeah. but he also folds with the smallest amount of pressure in the pocket. Yeah, it's a just yeah. like Eli. Yeah, I mean, except Daniel Jones has a little bit of wheels. Eli had brick slippers on in there. Eli used to just like fall down onto himself. I mean, this shouldn't this shouldn't be a loss for the Vikings, and if it is, man, they might as well go home at that point. Can't lose to a rookie quarterback, dumpster fire team, as we talked about in the in the off season, <laughs> and then expect that you can go out and contend for a playoff spot after that. Like, yep, get real. This true. is a game you should win. So and this is a game easily. they really need to focus on and like focus on winning this game because you know there's a slim chance that they're peeking ahead just a little bit 
knowing the Eagles are coming the following week. Oh, I get it, and like, if they coming, don't, like, uh... If they don't take the Giants seriously and, you know, you don't want them to steal this, and then you go, you know, you go against the Eagles the following week in an absolutely season-on-the-line game, you don't want that. Oh, no, not at all, but... It's like I said, this is, I mean, it feels like a must-win game just because it is what it is. Either you're going to be under 500 and you just lost to the fucking Giants led by a rookie quarterback or, you know, you're 3-2 and two and you're, you're back in the conversation again. It's like they've just been, they've been waffling. Everybody's like, ah, right, here we go. We got a Vikings number nine here in our power rankings. And then next week they're like, well, the Vikings look terrible. We got them number 23 in our power rankings. It's like, yeah, you know. Love that voice. It was spot on. Yeah, not bad at all. Yeah. Um. So all the right. Packers are, are at Dallas right. this week. Um, Dallas. More like Dell-ass, am I right? Oh, yes, I do. They might as well shut the roof because we ain't going to let it rain in there. No, we're not going to have any Devontae Adams, Stevens so that's going to put a lot of pressure points. on. Steve, do you want to say it for me? Give the ball to Aaron Jones early, often, at every down. Unless he's only running 1.6. Listen, the point is, Devontae Adams not playing is going to hurt, but it's not a deal breaker. We have Gmo, we have MBS, we have the white water wizard himself. Hey, this is a team that just went into New Orleans and lost to four field goals. Yeah, but they they still have people like Zeke who can... Do whatever he wants. Well, guess what? You have Cooper who you got can put the up wa- stupid numbers. You got the rude awakening last week that you need to shape up the run defense. <laughs> the Eagles did y'all a favor right there. They gave you the heads up. Like, favor. hey, you got to fix this because Zeke is coming in behind us. I think they're going to have a surprisingly better effort this week in the run game. I think the real... Credit to the Packers in this game is going to be their pass defense, though, because if they put all their effort into, you know, closing the run game completely, if they shut Zeke down and force Dak to throw it, you want Dak throwing around Kevin King and Jair all day because they're going to get a couple of those. Yeah, and I'll agree with you on that, but there's there's just some stuff that the secondary needs to work out. And, you know, as more of a casual fan, I don't know if that's like with their personal relationship, if it's chemistry that'll come over time, but somebody shared a tweet and it looked like it was like, you know how you can watch film on game pass where it's just like different angles multiple times. Coaches film. Coaches film. I think it was from that. And, um, you can see Darnell Savage yelling at Josh Jackson, telling him, you need to be on the opposite end of the field for this formation. And I think they were well, you still know happened, in the middle right? of their conversation when the play, like when they snapped the ball. So we have yeah. a rookie telling Josh Jackson, who's been on the team for years, that he's out of position. No, no. I'll tell you what happened is, I don't know if we ever have talked about this, but um, at the start of the season, the Packers changed um, Josh Jackson to safety. They swapped his position, and he's been learning safety as he goes through the year. And what happened was Will Redman, that's his name, right? Will Redman? Yes. Yep. The safety. He got hurt and had to come off. So Jackson was thrust onto the field. This is Those were like his first snaps at safety. So obviously he should know his duties and jobs, but I mean he— He's a duty. He's an instinctual <laughs> nice. player, and he's thrust into a, no, a newer role. Words are hard. He's thrust into a new role, and you know he's just adapting to it. I mean, it's good. Savage is a rookie. It's good on him to you know help his teammate out and be like, "Yo, you're not in the right spot, dude." Yeah, for sure. Like, and okay, I understand that. I guess, 
I guess counterpoint to that is if Savage is having to tell him where to go, like he's he doesn't have his eye on the ball or his man or where whatever he's supposed to be doing if he's got to be worrying about other people. Um, but like I said, I don't know if that's just like like you said, like he's he's new to that position. Chem- if he sticks around there, you know, chemistry over time is gonna is gonna build because Kevin King and Jair are are just nuts. Like they've been doing so well as a tandem. And Jair says he's not doing well until he starts pulling in more picks. That's fine if you want to put that on yourself, but I appreciate the way you've been playing. So yeah, keep that's that a, that's shit. That's not going to get any silly. picks because they're not going to throw it to yeah, him. Yeah, that's kind of a silly way to approach that. But, I mean, you start making mistakes when that's your focus is interceptions. Yeah, deflection, um, deflections are still good, just, man. I mean, there's no, like, you talk about those two guys, though, and that's a great place to build on for this defense. And just look back at what the Saints did against the Cowboys last week. Like, they dominated them defensively. And the Packers shouldn't have that much difficulty doing the exact same thing. Like, 45 rushing yards for the Cowboys. Uh, that's bad. Like that's real bad for them. <laughs> so, that's, so uh, yeah. So he held just, out all summer. Yeah, just I mean, if you can implement the things that frustrated that offense um, defensively, you know, and start in the passing game again. The top two receivers last week for the Cowboys were their tight ends. That's fine. They're going to be mismatched guys anyway. If those are the guys that are you know catching the most balls. Uh, gaining the most yards, like that's not a loss defensively. You can't let Amari Cooper have a day. You know, you can't let Randall Cobb, especially against his former team, have a big Ugh. day. Um, you know, and I don't that, think you got to worry about the Cowboys' tight ends. I was say, like, and, and really, like, who do they have at receiver? They don't have other than those mean, two guys. Like, yeah, huh? who Tavon Austin? You got to put Tavon Austin out there. Come on now. You got Witten and what is it? Blame Blake, Blake Jarwin. Like Jarwin, he's there too. But yeah, but like those. The, that's not Ertz and Goddard. Yeah. You can put a safety in a corner on those guys again, and be okay with it. Yeah, just like Ertz. whatever. If those if those two tight ends come up with a hundred yards combined, like they did last week, you should win this game. But just like that that film right there defensively should just point you in the right direction to uh, shut down this offense and you know get the win for the for the Packers this week. I think like this just this shot holes in everything that uh that the Cowboys you know had done the first three weeks, and I I even said on Twitter that anybody that wants to put the loss on Kirk Cousins they can use the same narrative with Dak Prescott because he was fucking I saw trash. That tweet, yeah, he was trash in this game against the Saints. Um, Dude, he was missing third and two like out routes oh, yeah. bad like. And uh, ten of his eleven incompletions were on third down. How about that? That's a rough fucking stat. Yeah. That's, wow. That those are the type well, of things. That's what happens though. when you're not playing the Giants, the Dolphins, and the Washington yeah, team. Yeah, exactly. That was the third nice part job. of my tweet. Was the only difference between the uh, the Cowboys and the Vikings right now is the Vikings didn't play three cupcake games. They only played two. So, <laughs> and we that's had a third what I'm... one in there. You know. That's what I'm trying to see with the Cowboys. Like, like you you mentioned it with the Vikings, but week five against the Cowboys almost to me feel doesn't feel it's not must win, but it's like you want to prove that those first three weeks of solid defensive play weren't a fluke. Like, yeah, exactly. Philly came in and they moved the ball whether it was on the ground or in the air, and at least to me, I was like, okay, well, this is what people are capable of doing against our defense. But I want to get back to what our defense is capable of doing against other teams. Yeah, because they're... I, I mean, think that's a big thing for, for at least... Even just, just my confidence, man. Just yeah, prove that our defense is our defense. It, yeah, it's going to be... I mean, it's not easy to shut down Zeke. Like, for the, for the Saints to do it, terrific for them. Um, yeah. But... You know, they have the pieces to slow down the pass game. And, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, even with with Adam is out, uh, you know, he, he does silly things sometimes that just, you know, make you scratch your head and go, like, how, how does this guy just 
you know, put he up all these stats. extends the play very, yeah. very well. Yeah, extends the play. He, you know, <laughs> the uh, the narrative when they were playing the Vikings was, you know, keep him to one play every play because you give yeah. him a free play. Um, you know, he's really good at doing that. He's really good at throwing into defensive pass interference. Um, those things are going to be crucial for them because, you know, this Cowboys defense isn't a, isn't a joke either. But um, just the way they played, the way the Cowboys played last week on offense makes me think that Aaron Rodgers outplaying Dak Prescott makes the difference in this game. Well, we could get Rodgers for 400 yards or we could get Rodgers for 180 or 125 yards. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, uh, and 400 last yeah, week don't, still lost. So. Don't worry about yards. Yards do not tell the whole story. Would yeah, Carson but most have of the like time, 180 yards this week. 160, I believe. When when you start with short fields and you cash in and your running game's working, who cares how many yards you have it if you win? You know exactly. Yeah, the stats don't matter. It's just it's a uh, slow down Zeke, make deck, make mistakes, and then just be smart on offense. Uh, I think that that you know, I think the Packers should be able to use those things as a as an advantage. Um, mm-hmm. The only disadvantage is playing in Dallas. You know, maybe the Suns and Aaron Rodgers' eyes or something. But I mean, the the Saints just gave you the formula. They they did absolutely they did. Teddy Bridgewater just beat <laughs> beat the Cowboys. So I don't like why can't Aaron Rodgers? Any given Sunday. Yes, any given Sunday. You know, any given Sunday, the Jets could beat the Eagles. Just not this one. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, I'm really going to put this game on the defense because the offense is going to put up points, like a lot of them. But this is on the defense because going into this game, the Jets' offense has more turnovers than it has scoring drives. They have three turnovers. They literally have had two scoring drives this year. So the defense needs to make it through the week and and pray how he can upgrade the cornerbacks through a trade or something. Just try to get guys healthy, whatever they got to do. I feel like the Jets may be able to score a little bit in this game, but like not much, even with backups because of how bad they are. I mean, if it's Darnold... You got to apply pressure because he's coming off mono with an enlarged spleen and he's not going to want to get hit, especially in the stomach, the rib area. So he's going to be just hucking the ball up. That's perfect opportunity for interception. You know, make the play, make the turnover. And then if his spleen isn't, you know, down enough where they clear him to play, it's going to be Luke Falk. And if Luke Falk's in the game, all you have to worry about doing is stopping Liv, uh, Love Bell. And we know the run defense is legit. So that's all they have is they have Love Bell. They have Robbie Anderson too, but if Falk's in the game and can't get him the ball, I think you have a good chance. You just, on offense, they got to continue to eat in 12 personnel. And I mean, they don't have to put anything new on tape. That same offense that just took over against Green Bay should be able to do the same thing against the Jets. Just run it down their throat, out, let Carson pick his spots, and just pick them apart. I'd, I'd be disappointed. I'd be disappointed in the Eagles if they didn't score over 30 points this week. Agreed. Um, I mean, this was the absolute perfect game for the Eagles as far as, you know, how they're beat up in the defensive backfield. Because, um, like you said, either you're playing, you know, you're playing Darnold off an injury or off, you know, a sickness, whatever, um, or you're playing <laughs> Luke, what the fuck's going on out there. Um, nice. Yeah. You 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 absolutely killed it. Stop Le'Veon <laughs> Bell, and you don't you really don't have any other worries, you know, no. outside of that. And would the you could really get these cornerbacks some confidence too if they're able to exactly you know, get some big stops and turnovers? Because yeah. I mean, 
these you know either one of these young guys will make mistakes uh you know if 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 shorts draws up you know the right system uh, to confuse them so stop Le'Veon Bell and again on offense like you said you know use these running backs to to their full potential because you know he should have success um whatever Dougie wants to do they're on offense should be at his disposal uh, this week. So this is just a, they're playing a team that hasn't won a game yet. Well, the one thing that has me even remotely worried is as Love Bell is their like only threat, there'll be a lot of attention garnered on him and the Eagles are going to have to stop play action. On the season, I saw this from Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, BGN Radio, the Eagles have allowed 72% of play-action passes to be completed this year. 72% of play-action plays are completed. Not great. For an average of nine yards with four touchdowns, no interceptions, and a 133.8 quarterback rating. Also not great. That's basically money in the bank every time. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. Does Adam Gase implement that into the game plan. Uh, good point. He's fucking like, <laughs> dumber than a box of chickens. Yeah, he's going to snort an ammonia p- uh, fucking tab and just forget, <laughs> you know, what was going to what was going to help them win this game or even make this game competitive. Oh, man. I'll tell you what though. This just looks like one of those games that's just going to be like what why did, why did they even play? We'll get to the pick them in just a sec, but just throwing this out there, the spread on this is 13 and a half. The Eagles are favored. So Dude, some of that's these, just like, telling you what Vegas is. Uh, some of what these Vegas thinks two of the touchdown Jets. games that we've seen recently. Um, I didn't, I didn't uh, say this in the last episode, but I wanted to give an honorable mention to the Buffalo Bills for keeping that game tight with the uh, New England Patriots last Patriot. week. But yeah. but the Patriots had been an average of a 19-and-a-half-point favorite in the first three weeks of the season going into that game. So for that game That's to be crazy. a one-score game, uh, pretty impressive for them. You know what but else is crazy is the f- four ridiculous spreads against the Dolphins all year, and they've been covered every time. I know. It, like They're so bad, but even 13-and-a-half uh, like, seems absolutely crazy, but then... I just mentioned the Patriots. They're playing Washington this week, and they're a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah. Like, you just watched the Eagles against a good defense yeah. in Green Bay it's, put up 33 points. Right, yeah. Uh, Steven brought up in the last episode, uh, like, you know, those six teams that are winless, and it's just week after week. They're, like, two-plus touchdown underdogs. And from a betting perspective, you're like, this seems like a no-brainer. Like, you give me 15 points? Hell yeah, I'll take it. It's time. Let's get to the pick'em. Hey, pick'em, that's the name of the game. Snatching winners every week like a turnover chain. Uh, picking spreads over under long shots. Ha! You know we got it because our bank rolls on top. Week four of the pick'em recap. We did Vikings at Bears, Eagles at Packers, Browns at Ravens, Cowboys at Saints. And it went as follows. Both, ooh, the trio of myself, Soup, and the public all were on the Vikings under. And Steven was on the Bears under as you predicted, Steve. I did. (sighs) Bears were a three-point favorite, and they covered... And the under, so that is a three-point victory for Mr. Steven. I like how Steve predicted it for me, but not himself, and it was right. Yeah, I mean, but he yeah. was. I, 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 I know. I think the Bears. Are the <laughs> yeah, under. I didn't. Uh, I know. I died at that. Listen, like going into the under, I was like, yeah, like thirty-eight and a half with these two defenses. Nah, but they scored twenty-two. Like how? The, okay, Trubisky goes down, but. That's not a big deal, but <laughs> Jesus, you scored 22 points. Two touchdowns <laughs> in the whole game. Like, that's very exciting sad. football. Sad. Hashtag sad. Very funny. 
So myself, Steve, and the public all got a point for hitting the under. At the Eagles at Packers, Packers five and a, uh, excuse me, just five point favorite over under was forty five point five. They almost hit that at halftime. Said nobody ever. And Steve and I were both on the Eagles. And let me tell you what, had the Packers scored a touchdown at the end and kicked the extra point and won it, we still would have won because the Eagles would have covered. Yeah. Steven was on Packers under and the public at 90%, 90% wrong Packers and under. Nice so, public. Browns at Ravens. Ravens were a seven point favorite. 46 and a half was the over under. Did they cover? They didn't cover. They got their bodies whooped. Shit. But they did hit the over. The what? what? Cleveland almost by themselves. What a, what a silly freaking game this was, too. Yep. So just the over points for uh, me, Steven, and the public. Last game was our bonus game of the week. Steve, what do you call that word? Pandering. Pandering to your <laughs> wife game of the week. The Cowboys at the Saints. Cowboys three-point road dog, road favorites. Excuse me. 47 over under. Guess what, guys? Them boys turned into them girls. Did we ever get that belly shirt picture? <laughs> yeah. Uh, nope, it's coming, though. Belly <laughs> shirt with a combo in the belly button. I need to get some combos. Yeah. Make sure oh, you I get that seven-layer tortilla dip. <laughs> some burns? Best ones. <laughs> Best ones. Um, I think 20, my wife they, um, said points? I had to get pepperoni pizza. 22 points in this game? Really? Well... I, w- I hit the Saints, Steven hit the under. Why did I pick the over? You, you had Cowboys <laughs> over, and the public had 65% Cowboys and over. But I'll tell you what. I need to stop drinking before we get this I heard this, this stuff. on the way home. Well, I heard this <laughs> on the way home. Do you know what? They played last year. You know what the score of that game was? Probably no. similar. Cowboys won 13-10. Yeah. I, I think I remember them talking about that on the broadcast. But... It Dang. just, like, doesn't. I mean, with with Bridgewater in there, like, I understand. And that's why I'm questioning, like, why I went over. I don't know. I I guess I just figured that I mean, they put up 33 each against other the Seahawks, out. so we were all yeah, it's just, goosed out. I don't know. Yeah. Weird. All right, so the standings as follow in the basement. Mr. Knox, 14 points. Go me. And then I am... Right on top of Steve. That's hot. Mm, 16 points. And above me in second place, the public at 19. And Stevie James is the big dog. 21 points. Fucking guy doesn't even show up and he's leading the league. First place? What does that mean? Did I break it? Is that good? Is that good? (laughs) (laughs) So let's get to week four. We have the Jets at the Eagles, Packers at Cowboys, Vikings at Giants, and the Browns at the Niners. So let's start in Philly. The Jets come in as a 13 and a half point underdog. The over-under is 43 and a half. The public likes the Eagles at 98%. And the over, the Eagles will also be my survivor pool pick this week. So they're... Probably be on the verge of losing that before they come you back. Fucking asshole. Imagine taking the Ravens for the survivor pool last week. That would have been rough. Chiefs? Is that what you did? No, I don't play that, but that would have been rough. Oh, uh, no. I had the Chiefs. <laughs> oh, the Chefs. Also, a rather difficult week closing out that game. And the week before that, I had. Yeah, you don't even remember. That's how good it was. No. I had somebody who was on the verge of the Bills when they came back at the very oh, end yeah. against the Bengals. Right. And then week one, the I took Seattle against the Bengals, and they almost upset. Jesus. That's why I took the Bengals this week against the Steelers, because they've been playing well, but I guess not. They suck. They're bad. They're terrible. And Steve, how do you feel about the Eagles at the Jets? Jets at the Eagles. The game in Philly. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yeah, it's... Mm, I like the Eagles. That 13 and a half, uh, I can't imagine that this game is a less than a two-touchdown game. 
also don't really believe in Jets offense uh, to be able to put up, you know, any amount of points. I'm going to go with, uh, you know, I'm going to say the Eagles win this game, but I think it's going to be like 28 to 3. So I'm going to say Eagles and under. I agree with you. That's actually what I think. I said Eagles and under, but I'm going to give the Jets a little bit more garbage time points. I have them at 30 to 10, so that's still under. You sure you don't have 31-17? You know, I thought about it, but I don't want to give the Jets 17. I feel real bad about yourself if you give them 17. And that would be over. I find myself agreeing with the public. I'm taking the Eagles and the over. I think the Eagles went by 21. Yeah. Steven's looking for the Eagles to like put up a 49 bomb in this game. Not saying it's completely out of the realm of possibilities. but Like, first quarter, 34 points. Moving on. Well, you know what's going to happen? Is Doug Peterson is going to set Carson up to have seven touchdowns in this game so he can tie... Nick Foles' little record there. Uh, and oh, everybody yeah. can stop talking about Nick Foles. Say YA Tittle. YA Tittle. That's just, yeah. My favorite baseball player is Hannes <laughs> Wagner. <laughs> oh, I love baseball. Except this All year. All right, Packers at the Cowboys. Cowboys three and a half point favorites at home. 46 and a half point over under. Cowboys 65%. And the over from the public, Stephen James. These are your packies. Let's go. You know, I'm I'm taking the Packers, but I'm not feeling great about that 46 and a half. So give me the under. I'm going the same. Uh, I just don't. Just given what it what happened, uh, you know, last week with Dallas's offense, I don't I don't feel great about them uh, putting up a lot of points. <laughs> so. Packers under makes sense to me because even if the Packers lose this game, it's not going to be by more than their field goal. Let's be honest. All right. Last week I rooted for the Saints to beat the Cowboys and it happened and I was also glorious and I think football gods above. This week I need the Packers to do it. You need the Packers to do what? I need the Packers to beat the Cowboys in Dallas. I'm taking the Packers. And the over, I got the Packers 27-24. Cowboys miss a field goal to tie it at the end. No, it's not going to be missed. It's going to be blocked. More exciting. All right. The tie Kings at the Giants. Vikings six-point favorite. 45 is the over-under. Listen, I already uh, I already said it. They're, the Vikings are for blood this week. Um, they want to prove that, look, we're not just a running offense. We can throw <laughs> the ball, too. We had success early on last year, and we can make that happen again. And I think going against this Giants team is the perfect opportunity for them to just turn around everything they've done on offense this year and just go out there and just scorch this Giants team. Less than a touchdown favorite on the road. Normally you're like, yeah, I can see that, but the Vikings are better than the Giants are. Um, I can see them scoring five touchdowns this week. No problem. Uh, I'm going to take the Vikings. I'm going to take the over. Mm, Soup getting sticky on them. I like that. I am also here for the Vikings over party, baby. I got Vikings 38 to 12. Well, call me first place, but I don't think either of you are right. I'm taking the Giants in the under. Steve, you're going to be real unhappy on Sunday. Okay. I've been really cumbersome on this podcast. Uh, Up until until our last episode, like, pretty even kilter, you know, kind of guy. And. I've even had some comments that some people that have listened telling me, hey, you don't really show any emotion. Like, you just kind of seem like you're, you know, you're just you're just there for the ride. <laughs> I got pretty <laughs> heated about what the Vikings did last week. If the Vikings lose 
or don't cover in this game, you yeah, you don't even want to listen to what's going to happen <laughs> in episode we'll 53. It's going to hit record second, and walk yeah, away for an yeah. hour. <laughs> like I am literally going to take my microphone and I'm going to put it in the toilet while I'm taking a poop at the end of the last episode and that's all I'm going to play <laughs> for my coverage of uh of uh, this Vikings Giants game because holy oh cow. If it goes Giants <laughs> under, oh, but we're in some, we're in for some just masterful podcasting uh, coming up next week. And another week. thing. <laughs> what if the Vikings win but don't cover and it's under? Also terrible. Are you okay as long as they all, win? I mean, I'm all in for the wins, but if you don't beat this team by a touchdown and you, you, know, you, you don't go out there and you don't score 30 points, because this has to be a statement game for them. It It is a must-win game. As terrible as that sounds against the Giants and a rookie quarterback, but you need to go out there and like show that you are a contender for for the playoffs. Because if if you go out there and you just have a like a whole hum game and you win by six points, let's say it's just six, you look terrible. Like you don't strike fear in anybody. So they need to go out there and they need to go like balls to the walls. And just kill this game. There's there's no way around it. All right. We'll go to the Browns at the 40 Winers. I believe this is Monday Night Football. 49ers, three and a half point favorite, 46 and a half point over under. We got the public. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did we do the public for the Vikings? No, we didn't, actually. The, the Vikings and the under for the public at 73%. My apologies, seventy three percent Vikings under, and that's, that, the public that's is forty really niners sixty percent and under. Ooh, interesting. Sixty percent on the under. How did the Browns get so many primetime games to start the season? <laughs> because they were like the off season darlings. Everybody wanted to see them. They're making big money right now. I just yeah, I mean, it hasn't worked out. Nope. <laughs> it's a good thing California's a legal state because I got the 49ers getting the hashtag I hashtag get baked and they're gonna crush the fucking over. Browns over. Jesus. You made that sound like the 49ers are gonna win the way you said that. <laughs> no, no. What are they talking about? Jibber jabber, jib jabbering. I like what you're saying. I do what you're liking, and Let's go Browns over with the Browns 27 to 21. I want to see the Browns from last week, not the Browns from week one. Not the Browns from the end of the last episode. Yeah. Hey, your boy. Oh, Steve's Brown. Your boy's got to make up some ground here. So <laughs> we're going 49ers and we're going under. Um, I don't mind uh, what the 49ers have done so far. Early uh, week four bye. They're coming off of really weird. Still one of the only so undefeated teams in the league bye. because they didn't play last week. <laughs> what an early bye, dude. That sucks. Who saw that coming? Didn't the Jets have a bye last week too? So, yeah, still still winless because they didn't play. Uh, so look at that, you know, combination of things this week. But yeah, Steve School Knox Vikings. needs to make up some ground, so he's going 49ers. And he's going the other, so look for the 49ers to win this game like forty two to two. <laughs> <laughs> that would be under. Yeah, he picked the under. That's what so. I said. Under. Forty niners and under. That's what he said, Forty niners under right. where? Under here. Well, that's gonna do it then. Hit us up on Twitter if you're still listening and don't hate us completely at joint practices. You send us a tweet, and we'll say, come on our show. Then we'll record an episode with you talking with us about your favorite team. doesn't even have to be the Eagles, the Vikings, the Packers, the Browns. It can be the Montreal Alouettes. I don't care. Let's talk some football. I'm on Twitter. It would be standing outside with my mouth open wide. in your mouth because I'm Hey, did you, did you guys see this? Uh, we're talking about these 
over-unders and everything. Did you see the bad beat that happened in the Canadian Football League uh, this past weekend? No. Negative. So the Edmonton uh, Eskimos, I don't even remember who they were playing. But they were a, uh, what was it? They were a three-point favorite, and they were winning by four with the ball with like 10 seconds left in the game. And because they have that like acre of end zone uh, on those fields, <laughs> yeah. their final play was their quarterback from the shotgun t- takes a snap, and they had their 11th guy on the field lined up at the goal line. So their quarterback just takes the snap, turns around, just throws it 25 yards backwards <laughs> to that guy. At the goal line, he catches it, and he just, like, slowly trots through the end zone until time runs out, and then he goes through the back of the end zone so that the team that they just beat ended up covering in the spread because of the safety. That's so funny. (laughs) Like, how mad would you have been if you put money on that game? Oh, my God. Send him a DM on Instagram asking him to Venmo you the money back. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Go ahead, right? Talked about that last episode. One of the loners. Ladies that and gentlemen, was... it's been two very long episodes. Uh, Sean already told you how to hit us up on Twitter and email, but what would really help us no, out, a rate review, um, you know, subscribe, share it with your friends, tell them all about it. Bean Pod. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Hate this show. You can text Steven on his phone if you have his number or you can hit him up at Stephen JPP Steve is at the knock says and our email is jointpracticespod at gmail.com which I didn't get to finish because I was interrupted oh shut up Stephen <laughs> being pod go ahead Steve close yeah, her I mean if anybody's listening and uh, wants to interact with us on the Twitter bird this week to go ahead and use the hashtag uh, Little Giants. <laughs> if, you ever, if you've ever watched the movie, uh, great movie. Great movie. You know, go ahead and ask me any movie. Little, Little Giants. Giants. Yeah, great movie. Uh, that, just to let us know you're listening, Vikings play in the Giants uh, in New Jersey, but they're from New York. One of the, you know, craziest things that's ever happened. I just, I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. Uh, but that lets us know that you're listening little giants hashtag little giants uh, we'd like to hear you know more from everybody we get a very small amount of uh, attention on the twitter bird maybe we need to go ahead and invent our own version of social media <laughs> try and drum up some more attention here but yeah great movie we need to hire a social media manager my wife applied. I don't. We're know gonna that fire her gonna for sexual things. harassment. Yeah. That's, but, <laughs> I mean, that, that seems Spam. like one of those. Yeah. Seems like one of those weird cases where, you know, you, you can't date your boss, sort of thing. Can't bang your social media accountant. Yeah. But shout out to Rick Moranis. I can. That's what I'm talking about. Rick Moranis, Little Giants, 1994. Jones Beach. Beach. <laughs> <laughs> Alka On the same, same wave like that. That's what's yeah. up. Go ahead and uh, catch our old toilet paper. We'll Hot catch you fly. Uh, next week. Episode 53. Go pack go. Skull Vikings. We're 500. Steven's about to get baked. I am too. <laughs> Shout out to you guys. Alright. Talk it and talk it. Hit Shout it out to Mary. Marijuana. Shout out to Sean for trying Jane. to get the Eagles to fucking yeah. draft Darnell Savage, you idiot. He wasn't even on the board. They didn't want him. Stupid. Jair, you dummy. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Go back, go. Bye. Also, Goodbye. pop that uh, booger bubble in my house. <laughs>
Yeah, I don't know what a turn of a chain is, but I got one around my waist, yeah. <laughs> That's going to make a great drop. <laughs> yeah, I think a turnover chain would go around a neck, but I said waist because uh, it's a turnover I wasn't belt. thinking. Yeah, same thing. <laughs>